And here we go on Rumination Tuesday, October the 27th, in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is Pastor Mark Smith, and we're going to be taking a look at a hymn today. And what is the name of the hymn? The name of the hymn is a tremendous hymn that is well-known by a lot of people, and it's called, For All the Saints Who From Their Labors Rest. It was written by an individual by the name of William Walsham Howe, born December 13, 1823, in England. His father was a lawyer. His mother died when he was two and a half years old. He took theological study at the University of Durham, ordained a deacon in the Church of England in 1846, ordained a priest in 1847, and he took the post of rector at St. Andrew Lindershof, London, where he became especially recognized for his humility and kindness in this area in the slums of East London. He edited psalms and hymns, and 677 in our hymnal, who for all the saints who from their labors rest is his most popular hymn. The um, actual arranger of the hymn, Ralph Vaughn Williams, he was musical editor of the English hymnal, and also songs of praise out of Oxford University Press in 1925. So that pretty well takes care of the author and the composer, and we're ready to kind of move on to the hymn. And uh, did you find that really interesting, Pastor Smith? <laughs> That's quite a monologue you had, Tom. How you doing today? I love this hymn. I love it. Beautiful. You gonna sing it Sunday? Well, that's that's up to the pastor. You know, I'm I not know. I'm not the pastor anymore. I, I'm I'm sh I would think he would choose this for All Saints All Saints Sunday. Yes. The All Saints Day. In fact, it is the selected hymn for All Saints Day. So that's really good. Now, it's kind of interesting. It has uh, not a different tune, but a different way of playing it, verses 4, 5, and 6. It starts 1, 2, 3 on one page, then 4, 5, 6 on another page, ending with 7 and 8. So why don't we go ahead verse by verse, if you would be so kind as to speak the first stanza. Okay. For all the saints who from their labors rest, who thee by faith before the world confessed, thy name, O Jesus, be forever blessed. Alleluia, alleluia. You would think that a hymn that starts for all the saints would be talking primarily about the saints in the first verse, but it doesn't. What it talks about is Jesus Christ and brings him in right away, which is really important because it says, by faith they confessed him before the world, and he is therefore forever blessed. 
This, this is really good that it doesn't take long before Jesus gets at the center of him. Well, you've just answered a question I had. I was going to put you on the spot. I was going to ask you, be forever blessed. Is that referring to the saints? But the passage you just read makes it clear that it's referring to Jesus and his, and his holy name. Yes. Be forever blessed. Now, if you're teaching this to children, how is Jesus blessed? How would you explain that to a child? Uh, the, the, I think the, the, best, the best praise and blessing we can give him is to, is to lean implicitly on his promises, to cling to his promises and to rely on him and uh, kind of uh, approach him like that, uh, like that uh, tax collector in the temple, uh, God be merciful to me, a sinner. Excellent. To, to cling to him with all our dear life for his, for his salvation and his mercy. Stanza that's two. Best, that is the best praise, I think. That's the best praise and yes. worship we can give our Lord. In fact, that kind of continues in stanza two. I'll read that. Thou wast their rock, their fortress, and their might. Thou, Lord, their captain in the well-fought fight. Thou in the darkness drear, their one true light. Alleluia, alleluia. Yeah, those are all neat metaphors, aren't they? Uh, he's yes. our rock, our fortress, our might. He's our captain in the well-fought fight. He's the he's the uh, the head of of Sabaoth. He's the he's the commander of all the holy angels, and he's our in, in the darkness, drear. He's our one true light. Yes. Where is the evidence for that? Well, it's I, it's all throughout the scripture. Uh, yes, uh, a, a, a rock that would, a rock and fortress. That'd be Psalm forty-six. Yes, you can give a Bible verse for almost every one of those, and that's really important. Uh, yesterday, when I was talking about a passage that's coming up. For All Saints Day, I made a point that I have learned that's really good, and it's the following. There is no simple teaching unique to Christianity that does not necessitate faith to understand it. Yeah, I heard you make that point the other day in, 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 your, uh, uh, in your Law and Gospel yeah, that's really important that apart from faith, an unbeliever will never take from you any kind of evidence that Christianity is true. Uh, that, that's found, of course, in the Bible where they have no understanding of the pure gospel until they receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and his faith. And, and therefore, I was going to say that's basically why the world just doesn't get it. You know, they think yes. they tend to think Christianity is being ju just do goodism and uh, another uh, another religion of works, just like uh, like so many of the man-made religions. But uh, they just don't get it without faith. Exactly, I've said for many years on Law and Gospel that 
Christianity makes no common sense. It's contrary to common sense. And until you have faith, you cannot understand it. Uh, for example, I uh, did something at the uh, service in Bible study Sunday. I said, please put your hand up if you are sinless. Talking to the congregation. Yeah. And How one many person hands? put it up. Yeah, one person put their hand up. That was it. And, and that was you. And, no, it wasn't. I, no. I, I don't answer the questions at that time. I'm just asking them. But I made the point that any time I ask you a theological question, I'm not interested in your personal thoughts or your feelings. What I want you to answer is how does God answer that? Uh -huh, and right. the fact of the matter is, is that I'm talking to Christians who have been forgiven their sins. And from God's point of view, we, we even have a Latin for that. Simul. Simul justus et peccator. Yes. We're, the, we're sinner and saint at the same time. Exactly. A hundred percent under the law, we're a sinner. But a hundred percent under the gospel, we're a saint. Right. And so... That is not understood apart from faith. If no. you don't have faith, you'll never figure that out. In, in fact, the, the Bible study we were looking at, it was very interesting to me because we thought it would say something like, the world doesn't know God because they don't know God. But you know what it said? The Bible what? study, the world doesn't know us. Because it doesn't know our oh, God. Right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Stanza three. Okay. This is a great one. Oh, may thy soldiers, faithful, true, and bold, fight as the saints who nobly fought of old, and win with them the victor's crown of gold. Alleluia, alleluia. Yes. This is metaphorical language. The crown of gold, of course, was well known as maybe the winner of a race. Uh, we even have it in Olympics. What are you remember what the three prizes are for Olympic race? No, you mean the the contemporary ones today? Yes. Well, I would say. Uh, well, there's the, the the medal. Yes, and what's the first medal is gold. Gold, the number one medal, right. Yes, and so Jesus runs the race. He comes in first, and then he puts the gold prize on us. Right. And that's because, notice, this is soldiers who are faithful, true, and bold. Uh, that's that wonderful hymn, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. I've, I've never understood a congregation singing that while they're still sitting down, by the way. Well, we, yeah, <laughs> we're in the church militant, as they say. The church militant, we're still contending, we're still contending with the, the world, uh, and the devil, and our own sinful flesh. So we're exactly. So it's, it's, a, it's an ongoing, never ending fight, it only ends with death. But we're not alone, as stanza four tells us, if you would go ahead with that. Right. 
O blessed communion, fellowship divine, we feebly struggle, they in glory shine, yet all are one in thee, for all are thine. Alleluia, alleluia. That's talking about uh, not just the church, church militant, but also the church triumphant. The, 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 the saints that are contending in the world as we live today, but also the saints that are in glory with our Lord Jesus. The whole, the, the communion of saints, the whole Christian church, earth and yes. heaven. In fact, how do we get, well, what's the closest way we can get to the communion of saints who have died and are in heaven? I would say at the altar rail in, in uh, Holy Communion. Excellent. That's exactly the answer I would give also. In fact, remember with angels and archangels. And with all the, the whole, company of heaven. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what's really important also about the, the Lord's Supper. And you made a great distinction. This verse contrasts between the saints who have fought and won and those who are still fighting on earth, which means us. Yeah. So I always, I always tell uh, when I was doing ministry, of course, uh, before I was retired, I'd always tell the people that I visit, the widows and the widowers, if you really want to be close to your, your beloved that is passed on before you, there's no better place than at the communion rail, in Holy Communion. Well said. And that's why we pastors go to shut-ins, etc. Right Now, we, we've been having a problem doing that because a lot of times uh, the government won't allow us into their houses with the virus and such. So what I've done is I've actually had, I, I meet with people after church privately and occasionally, oh, not recently, uh, or recently was a uh, shut-in and her husband came in. She didn't want to be in the midst of a large congregation with many people, but was willing because of her illness to come in and meet with me privately. And I gave them both communion at that time. Mm -hmm. So stanza five, please. And when the fight is fierce, the warfare long steals on the ear the distant triumph song and hearts are brave again and arms are strong. Alleluia, alleluia. Now, the question I would ask you talking to children about this. I know just what you're going to ask. <laughs> on the ear. Yeah. What does steals. that mean? Well, I looked that up in the dictionary. I, I had to search a little bit, but I think the idea that that is com that is wants to bring across is it's it's kind of like you know when you're in the in the midst of difficulty and uh you're in the midst of this of this battle uh yes. in our in the church militant and suddenly you hear faintly at first but the sound of triumph and victory grows louder and louder it 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 it, it almost almost stealthily comes to your ears but uh, you know, kind of like, uh, kind of like the bugle of a distant cavalry, uh, as as they approach to save, uh, to save the surrounded people. Um, it steals on the ear the distant triumph song. That's a really good explanation of that, and I, I think that would help a child understand that 
that is because the distant triumph song is always about the promises uh, from God. Like 1 Corinthians 10, 13, he never gives you a problem or a temptation beyond your ability to endure as you turn to Christ for help. And at times he even provides a way of escape. And this is talking about the militant church, of course. Right, right. Where the, where the warfare is long and uh, really has a problem. Uh, I uh, majored in philosophy when I was at college. And a lot of these philosophers didn't believe in the Bible. But I, I learned they often have ideas that they are unaware of, that they are very biblical. Uh, one of the greatest philosophers who was still alive in 1959 is Carl Jung. You remember him? Yeah, I've, I've heard of the name, right. He uh, divided human beings as between the conscious and the unconscious. The conscious is what you experience and how you react to others. But he said there's an unconscious within you, and he called part of it as shadows. And this is where bad things are being thought of and also bad things are being done by the shadows within you. And, of course, he thought that came about by evolution. But what he was unaware of, he was really talking about a distinction between the old Adam and the new man, hmm. that the old Adam within us are the shadows of vice and lust and sin, etc. And his point was you needed to begin to understand that you were a corrupt individual and then try and deal with that. Whereas in Christianity, we teach that God deals with it through giving us the Holy Spirit that permits us to do even works of the Spirit. Mm -hmm. So from a psychological point of view, he was a psychiatrist. He was observing something that's true, but he wasn't connecting it to the Bible. Right. And when, when it's connected to the Bible, boy, it makes a lot more sense. All right, I'll do stanza six. Oh, it's a beautiful verse. The golden evening brightens in the west. Soon, soon to faithful warriors cometh rest. Sweet is the calm of paradise, the blessed. Alleluia, alleluia. This verse is, uh, you know, it's funny. This is the, the time of year, really, to sing this verse. Uh, I always, whenever I sing it, the golden evening brightens in the west. I think, you know, in the fall, as the, the foliage turns, and uh, a lot of the trees are turned amber and golden, and uh, the golden evening brightens in the west. Soon to, soon to faithful warrior, warriors cometh rest. Now, one thing that's interesting about this verse is it begins the distinction between um, uh, between our, our heavenly rest, which comes right after death, and the next the next verse after this will talk about uh, the resurrection, which is which is really even better. 
It's the full culmination of our eternal life. Well, there is heavenly rest after death, but right. notice that the word that's used is not heaven. Yeah, it's paradise. Paradise. And remember, today you will be with me in paradise. Paradise, right. This is the place, as I understand it, where a person dies and he's in the spirit, but he's waiting for judgment day where verse 7 kicks in. If you would read that, please. Yes. But lo, there breaks a yet more glorious day. The saints triumphant rise in bright array. The king of glory passes on his way. Alleluia, alleluia. That's obviously now, the resurrection. How do you understand the king of glory passes on his way? Well, we'll, we'll, obviously, we'll obviously see him. I mean, uh, he will arrive with all of his holy angels and will all be raised. And uh, he'll separate the sheep from the goats. And we'll enter that new kingdom, that new heaven and new earth that he's prepared for us for all eternity. Yeah, uh, what I'm but, thinking but you're of. Right. You're right. That is kind of interesting how he says it. The king of glory passes on his way. Now. Man, why does he put it that way? <laughs> okay. Oh. Go ahead. Tell me, oh, great one. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. My wife's not on the line right now. I am. <laughs> okay. What word comes to mind when you think of the word passes? Well, I do think I do think of that episode in the Old Testament where uh where God put is it Moses in the cleft of a rock and uh let's it passes before him and and he enables him to see backside. his backside. Is, am I thinking of the right verse there? I wouldn't have a problem with that, but the word I'm thinking of is Passover. Oh, the king of glory passes on his way. I see. Uh -huh. Because the king of glory passed over the doors with the blood on it, and now he passes over us and saves us because of what the verse says. It's a glorious day when the triumphant rise in bright array. Uh -huh. And it's kind of like going through the Red Sea into the promised land. Yeah, but the goats, the goats on the left, he doesn't pass over them. <laughs> no, he I... passes by them. <laughs> okay. That's, where that's, the... a, that's an interesting connection you've made. Well, remember in the Passover, those who did not have blood over the doorway, what happened in the house? That's right. The firstborn was uh, was uh, killed. Yes. Human or animal. Yes. Right. That's right. Okay. Conclude verse stanza eight. Okay. Beautiful. Another beautiful verse. From earth's wide bounds, from ocean's farthest coast, through gates of pearl streams in the countless host, singing to Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, Alleluia, alleluia. And that, of course, is a doxological verse. talks about the whole, the, the, the Trinity. And what does the congregation do with that? They stand. They stand, yes. Yes. Stand. By the way, we did the Mighty Fortress is Our God, Reformation. 
Yes. And in my congregation for 28 years, we always stood for a mighty fortress. Yes. Did that, you? That's, uh, pretty much. Yes. <laughs> but but I, I must confess, and I'm not, I'm not trying to be critical of the, of the new pastor. I mean, it just, you know, sometimes they, we did not stand this last Sunday. And we stood for a lot of things, but not for the not for the uh, that uh, final hymn. But uh, yeah, it, it's been customary in our in the church, the Lutheran Church, to stand for that. Yes, Beloved because hymn. it's it's a great Reformation hymn. Right, right. So um, this is really wonderful. This particular hymn for all the saints. It's the best known hymn that William Howe had written. And so we'll be using it this Sunday in the services and also on Thursday when I do services. And I hope that even with your new pastor, you'll be using it this Sunday. <laughs> oh, I think I'm confident we will. Yeah, he's a, he's a good, good pastor, good, faithful pastor. Okay. And we thank Pastor Mark Smith for being with us as co-host on Law and Gospel each Tuesday to look at the hymns. And he does some work ahead of time. Remember, he was looking up what certain words meant, like steal, etc. And that's really helpful. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel, we're going to be continuing our series on Walther, looking again at another evening lecture that he gave to seminarians who are going to be prospective pastors. I'm Tom Baker and Mark Smith. We thank you for listening to us. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.